welcome to Building Boston and Beyond, an educational podcast empowering Massachusetts residents with information, updates surrounding the economic growth of their community, improvements to their neighborhood, and access to resources to enhance their quality of life. From discussions with public officials, businesses, organizations, and change makers, Building Boston and Beyond aims to inform and empower residents to have a voice, support each other, and join the decision-making process in their community. Joining us today on Building Boston and Beyond is Pam Rickard, Director of Active Engagement at the Heron Project. The Heron Project is an organization providing free resources and support for the treatment, recovery, and prevention of substance use disorder. Pam is here with us to share her story, her running career, and the various services and treatment programs available through the Heron Project. Welcome, Pam. Thank you so much. It's grateful to be here. No, thank you so much for joining us. Let's begin with you, your background and the unique story of the establishment of the Heron Project. Yes, thank you. I grew up in Ohio, then moved to Virginia and where I live and work for my home office full-time for Heron Project for the past eight years. And previous careers were, I have a degree in journalism. So my other loves are journalism. And then I moved into financial development for YMCAs. So I did have some background in that area, but the most significant thing in, in my life is when I found my own sobriety in April of 2006. So I've been in recovery from addiction for about 16 and a half years now Mm -hmm. and was fortunate enough to meet Chris Heron, who founded the Heron Project in 2011. I met Chris at the 2014 Boston Marathon. I've been a runner Actually, ever since college, we kind of entered a 5K as a joke and uh, (laughs) it stuck. And um, I never never ran in the sporting events in high school or college, but I ran and kind of jogged on my own and it stuck with me. I even ran while active in my alcoholism and that kind of kept me sicker longer because I was what they call high functioning. And so I was able to do a lot of things while I was still really struggling and um, not wanting to admit or talk about what I was struggling with, with my alcoholism addiction. When I did get sober and then started running again, I was extremely grateful to run it all, let alone be able to run the Boston Marathon several times. Right. When I ran it in 2014, I crossed paths with Chris Heron. That is a very long story that we don't have time for on your podcast, but it's a lot of fun. (laughs) a little bit about I had a jacket that was kind of special because it has several high profile running superstars that had signed the jacket it was the jacket from the 2013 Boston Marathon which of course was the year of the bombing so the jacket a Boston Marathon jacket is always a prized treasure possession but that one was for many reasons, my most treasured Boston Marathon jacket in my collection. And through several different organic events, I had gathered the signatures of several runners like Frank Shorter and Bill Rogers, Eve Kara Goucher and Catherine Schweitzer and several others. The um, runner's world got wind of it and did an online story on the jacket and asked me, since you're coming in for the 2014 Boston Marathon, who would you like to get to sign your jacket? And at the time I was about eight years sober and I had just seen ESPN's 
30 for 30 called Unguarded, which mm -hmm. was produced around Chris Heron's story. And our family had watched that. I had read Chris's book, Basketball Junkie. And so I was aware that he was running the Boston Marathon for his charity and that he was in a person in recovery, which I resonated with and respected deeply. And so I told the reporter from Runner's World that, you know, he's not a, a runner, a famous runner, or even I didn't think he was even a runner other than I think this was going to be his first marathon. Yes. Which I said, but if I saw Chris Heron in Boston, I would ask him to sign my jacket. And they put that in the story. And thanks to social media and things like podcasts, <laughs> we, uh, it, it, Chris saw, they, they tagged Chris and the and Heron Project, and he saw that story and tweeted back that he'd be honored to sign my jacket. We ended up meeting thanks to Chris being who he is and very honorable and authentic guy. We met at the Heinz Center at the expo when he signed my jacket and my book and my DVD. And we, oh, we just so exciting. Yeah. So that connection kind of continued after folks kept contacting Heron Project and asking to run for Heron Project or run with Heron Project. And they didn't really have a, a system in place for that. They didn't have a, a running initiative or any type of initiative like that. So they asked me if I would help them just volunteer and um, mm -hmm. maybe vet some of the emails, help them figure out what they can do. And again, that was eight years ago now, and it quickly evolved into a great relationship and they offered me me an opportunity to help them start an initiative. What I do as director of active engagement is manage an initiative that was really built on people reaching out and wanting to connect with our organization. So it was a very positive, healthy way that it grew. So mm -hmm. since 2014, we've grown into, we have thousands of people that have or are or will run with or for Heron Project. And it's not just running, it's really any type of active activity but the runs are our main sport. So we have thousands of people that have participated or are participating, and we've raised over three and a half million dollars simply wow. with those running events since 2014. So it has grown just that meeting Chris at the Boston Marathon that day has mm -hmm. grown into just growing a lot of good, helping support Heron Project, and even better, creating a community. And so we now have a community of runners and families and donors and everyone else that is, is touched by the goodness of what we do all over the country. And the Heron Project has a place and huge participation in the Falmouth Road Race. Absolutely. Yes. We're looking forward to the Falmouth Road Race this weekend. As a matter of fact, the claim to fame this year is it is our officially our largest team. We're fielding our largest team ever. We have 70 runners for mm -hmm. in the Team Heron Project representing that iconic, historic seven-mile course. And um, it's even more exciting, of course, because this year is the 50th anniversary of the Falmouth yes. Race. Even within our team of 70 folks, we have a, an entire family that is running together. We have many new teammates that are running with us. But yes, this particular team team is the largest team we will field at any one event. So that's a great accomplishment. Congratulations on that. Thank Did you so much. A great job. Let's share with our listeners, discuss some of the programs and resources the Heron Project provides their effectiveness to improve the quality of life for people. 
Yes, thank you. That's the most important part of this. I mean, I happen to be in recovery myself and I'm a runner and I love, love what I do because my job is telling the story and raising the funds to support the work that my colleagues do. And so I'm not providing any treatment, but we're supporting the work that they do and have done since 2011 now. Yes, as you mentioned, when you talked about our mission, we support and provide prevention, recovery, and aftercare services on many different levels. We are not a treatment center. We are a nonprofit that helps to navigate people to where they need to go for help. One of our largest areas of growth besides Team Harem Project over the years are our prevention initiatives. We are in hundreds of schools across the country with Harem Project clubs, which are individual clubs in schools of all different types and sizes across the country, providing a lot of very unique and innovative prevention resources through uh, working with the schools. We're extremely focused on families. So the aftercare for the individual is crucial. And I know that as a person in recovery, I was fortunate enough to attend treatment in 2006. But what happened when I left the doors of the treatment center is when the work really began and continues to this day, fortunately. So we provide a lot of aftercare resources, whether it's sober living, scholarships mm -hmm. and placement, and in particular, we have resources for families. We have 25 virtual support groups running right now. And those groups run everything from general family support, spousal support, sibling support. Unfortunately, we are now up to four different grief support groups because the reality is, is that most of us know we are losing a lot of people to the disease of addiction more than we ever have. So one of the ways that people are finding their way to us, unfortunately, much more frequently lately is because they've lost someone. And so we not only want to help them to grieve, but help them heal. And then help to bring them into our community, which also helps with prevention and awareness. We can't be everything to everyone, but one of the things that I am so proud of with the work that my teammates do is we meet people where they are because addiction is as old as humanity, but there's so much good recovery that's available and we help folks to find that and access it. So right. that's our job is to help them navigate that in a, in a time most often that is very, very scary and very, very much uncharted territory. Let's share with our listeners, how can people get involved? How can they donate? How can people that again, may be looking for some help get the yes. access to your services and get yes. some recommendations to improve their quality of life. Absolutely. Thank you for asking that. The quickest, easiest way is to go to heronproject.org, H-E-R-R-E-N project.org, and take a look around. It's not only a beautiful, fun place, but it also is very easy to navigate and really helps to get you the information you need. Especially if you're looking for help for yourself or someone, there's a, a little form right on the front page that says, how can we help. So again, we make it as easy as possible. We want folks to reach out. In terms of Team Heron Project, I would love you to, to pop over to that page under Get Involved. We have a fun video there. We have testimonials. We have events. We constantly have events on the page and they're changing as we go along. So we even have a, an event called Own Your Own Race or Own Your Own Event. And that's where we can help you make up anything you want to do. So the bottom line is we have a great structure, but we're also very flexible and we want to meet people where they are. It was an honor to have you oh, on, really. So and I'm so happy. I'm telling you, it's about just connections with friends. I was talking yes. to Christine Noonan and she had yes, mentioned- Yes, shout out to Christine. Project and uh, 
I'm so grateful that I, it, we had the discussion and I said, oh, I'd love to interview her. She just, Thank you so much. That's uh, energetic and inspiring and motivating and helpful. Mm. So well, kudos to right you. And you. Thank right you. back at you. And we're going to meet at Falmouth. All right, Let's cool. Let's meet at that finish line. Visit buildingbostonandbeyond.com to get a glimpse of our future guests and the many ways you can follow us on social media. Join us next time to hear the latest topics of discussion in Boston and beyond.